Welcome to the Sawyer Highlands and Converge Community Church Sermon Podcast. Each week we will upload the sermon that was preached during the Sunday morning service at our New Buffalo campus in hopes that it will serve you well during the week. So sit back, relax, and may you be encouraged by the great hope you have in Jesus Christ as you listen to the preaching of God's Word. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your Word. Thank you for blessing us with the Word and giving us the opportunity to hear the Word and then giving us a spirit to activate it in our lives and to teach us and guide us and direct us and empower us. Um, help us understand how this relates to our tomorrow and the next day and this week. Help us do good, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. That's right. So by way of a reminder, Paul, the apostle, wrote Galatians as a corrective to some erroneous teaching. He was there in the church's beginning. This is um, modern-day Turkey. This is a region. It's not one specific city. It's a region of churches. He's there. He's encouraging them. Then he goes off as a missionary, and he's planting churches. He's encouraging believers, and he gets word that other teachers have come in and distorted the teaching. They're teaching, you need to follow the Mosaic Law. Specifically, males need to be circumcised and maybe follow some certain holidays to be justified. Paul is correcting that. Uh, let's see. In chapter 5, we begin to hear now how theological truths apply to our church, apply to the community of faith. Our theology, what we believe about who God is, should impact our lives. For example, we're free from the law of Moses. However, that freedom doesn't mean we can live however we please. We must obey a new law. And you remember what that new law is? It's the law of love. It's the law, he also calls it the law of Christ. Later he'll call it the rule. That means we are to walk out our faith. We are to walk out our faith by helping one another by the power of the Spirit. We talked about that last week. Helping people who are caught, brothers and sisters who are caught in sin, they don't see it, but also just helping those who are in, in tough situations. The big idea, the big idea of Galatians, the overall theme is we must return this because this church is kind of diverted and ran away from the gospel. Return to the gospel of grace so you can walk in freedom with the Spirit. So return to the gospel of grace, the good news of grace, so we can walk in freedom with the Spirit, avoiding gospel drift. I think the text here, if we were to summarize it in a short sentence. How do we summarize these five verses? It would be this, if you want to write this down. Sow to the Spirit by doing good to everyone. Sow to the Spirit by doing good to everyone. This passage describes doing good to, it begins with leaders, and then it talks to everyone and the believers. Leaders, believers, everyone. Verse 6 is about doing good to church leaders. Verse 7 and 8, Paul tells why it's important for us in the Spirit to do good. And verses 9 and 10, 9 and 10 summarize this, expands the scope to not just the, the leaders, but the, all everyone, but especially the household of faith, especially the church. Look at, if you have your Bibles, look at verse 6. We're going to walk verse by verse. Verse 6, let the one who's taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. 
Paul is basically saying, what does this mean? We talked about this in our Sunday school class before this. Uh, he's saying teachers should be rem receive remuneration. I like that word remuneration. I always mispronounce it, remuneration, but it's remuneration with an M. It's kind of funny looking. It's funny sounding. It means compensation. So we should do good to those who are spiritually doing us good. Using language from last week, we talked about helping, helping others. And here it's doing good, doing good to those who teach the word. Now, Paul's not saying this for a raise. Uh, you remember, if you remember his backstory, what was his occupation? Anyone? He's a tent maker. Some of you guys said that. He's a tent maker. So he makes, literally makes tents back then, 2,000 years ago. And so he's not asking for a raise. He's not saying this to, for own, his own personal gain. Um, he doesn't want people accusing him of fleecing the people or taking advantage of them or teaching for hire. Um, most of our missionaries, so we had a missions month, most of our missionaries, they don't go to the, the people that they're reaching and they say, hey, support us. Um, although some could and some, some may. Um, we support them so they can, they're free without, to not worry about raising funds and they can focus on the people that they're serving. Uh, Paul here is defending, compensating pe preachers, teachers, pastors, missionaries in verse 6. And he supports this, but also talks about his own perspective, looking at the Old Testament, looking at farming, looking at logic in 1 Corinthians, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to be back in Galatians. Let's go, back, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and he's gonna, you're going to hear Old Testament, you're going to hear farming, and you're going to hear uh, what Paul does with this and how this relates to compensating pastors or missionaries. Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it's written, the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. So this is like a principle. Don't muzzle an ox when he's treading out the grain. Is it for the ox that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we are sown spiritual things among you, this, among you the church, it is, is it too much if we reach material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do we even more? Do we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any provision. Is that pretty clear? If people contributed to priests back in the old days, to farmers, and to, and to cows even, oxen, how much more should we give good things to those who share with us the good news? But Paul's saying, I, I'm not asking for you to, to do this to me. Do this for the good teachers. Remember, they have these, these false teachers that have come in and distorted the truth. Don't, feed, don't, don't do good to them in that way. Do good to the teachers who are teaching the word. Now, that being said, how does this apply to us? I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your generosity. You support myself as a pastor, and we have Pastor Joe and Pastor Mike and Pastor Jeff 
without your generosity and faithful giving, uh, we couldn't do what we do. Uh, we'd, we'd be divided, and we can focus on youth ministry. We can focus on senior ministry and men's ministry and counseling and preparing uh, our teaching and evangelism, go, praying for the sick. Uh, so thank you for your kindness and generosity um, each week, um, every year. It is a joy and, and, and not a burden uh, because of, of you. So thank you for being faithful to follow Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, helping uh, us by the Spirit. Paul's not done. Um, he knows this giving is not always easy. Um, sometimes we want to sit back and relax and enjoy ourselves, and we, we have the freedom to. It's okay to take a vacation. It's okay to enjoy the gifts that God's given. It's not always selfish. Yet we can abuse that freedom we have in Christ and neglect the call of the Spirit to serve one another in love, to do good to everyone, and to neglect the household of faith. And it leads back to the flesh that he talks about um, in, verse, in the next few verses. So let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, and see what it says of chapter 6. It says this, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now why does he say don't be deceived? Some may have thought that they could pull a fast one on God. Now, we thought maybe in Sunday school, maybe this is the false teachers that have come in that are trying to deceive them. And, that, and God's going to see that and see right through that. Some may have thought they could use their freedom in Christ to indulge themselves when they shouldn't. Some may have thought that helping one another do, uh, in doing all these good things would earn them salvation. That's not true. Whatever they were thinking, there's a tendency that exists towards self-deception. We too can forget the spiritual truths that have changed us and stray from the path of the Spirit and this, the Spirit would have us take. And the last chapter, Paul talked quite a bit about the flesh. What is this flesh? Is he talking about skin? And he's not talking about skin. Humanity? Look at chapter 5, verse 16. We'll go back and he talks about this war, this conflict between the Spirit and the flesh. Chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Jump forward a little bit. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I, I warn you, as I warned you before, th those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The principle uh, here is if we sow to the flesh, if we lean in this direction, if we give ourselves over to these things, we will reap what? Corruption. What does that mean? Well, it's the opposite of fruit. 
the fruit of the Spirit. It's the, it is the opposite of inheriting the kingdom of heaven, inheriting eternal life. It is a whirlwind of destruction and disappointment and death. We don't want that, do we? And, and sometimes it, it takes a while for us to see the, the impact of living a life of the flesh. I was talking to someone this week, and we were talking about, you know, you can live in the flesh. You can do these things, and you don't see the negative consequences until sometimes a long way off. But they're there. I think we just look at the news and look at those people who have everything in the world, but they've sown to the flesh, and you see the destruction play out as the news just yeah, it just bubbles up about all the different dirty details in their life. And scintillating details. People just get so excited about like reading this stuff or hearing this stuff. And it's because they've sown to the flesh and they're reaping the whirlwind of destruction. And God's saying, hey, we don't have to go that direction. In fact, there's something so much better, so much better is sowing to the Spirit. Verse 8, the one who sows to the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Do you want abundant life? Eternal death and life are at stake in our spiritual gardening. This isn't hyperbole. Paul isn't exaggerating. And does that mean we earn salvation? No. Remember Galatians chapter 2, verses 16, uh, verse 16. This is what he says. This is probably the, if you're going to memorize something that captures the heart of Galatians chapter 2, verse 16 of Galatians, it, is it? Yet we know that a person is not justified or made right by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order that we to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Pretty clear. Our work doesn't make us right with God. We are made right with God by someone else's work. Who's that? Jesus. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 5. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be, glory, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's not to us be the glory. It's to him be the glory. He's the one who saved us, and it's by grace. Chapter 1, verse 6. This gift, this consequence of Faith is not something earned. Paul wrote, you are called by what? By the grace of Christ. Verse, chapter 2, verse 21. If for righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. The reason why he came, the reason why he lived, the reason why he died, the reason why he rose is to give us his perfect righteousness through faith. He conveys God's eternal love to us who believe and adopts us as sons and daughters by faith. In chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, Paul wrote, Now it's evident that no one is justified by, before God by the law. For the righteousness shall live by faith. He's quoting Habakkuk. But the law is not of faith. Rather, quote, the one who does them shall live by them. 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. We are redeemed by grace. We live by faith, our faith in faith in Jesus, not in ourselves. He took the penalty for our sin, and that's what we remember when we come to communion later on this morning. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Another message of grace that this is not something that we earn by doing good. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. That's their big deal in this, this time period. But only what? Faith working through love. So good works don't make us right before God. Our, on closer examination, good works are actually an evidence of what we believe. The reaping and sowing is a result of believing. And that belief is a result of God converting us by the power of His Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, then you are saved. And if you believe, then the Spirit has acted on your heart and changed your soul so that you have a freedom to sow in the Spirit and, and not the flesh. You have a choice to make that demonstrates, you can have this choice and we demonstrate our identity, who we are by, by what we do. We're not perfect. We don't do this perfectly, but that's why Paul gives us instruction because we have a choice to make. We can go one way or another. We can lean one way or the other. We can sow one thing or the other. What are we doing with our time? We have 365 days a year. We have 52 weeks, seven days of the week, and 24 hours in a day. What do we do with our time? What do we do with our money? What do we do with our energy? Those are finite resources. Where are we investing? Where are we planting? What are we sowing? Paul is inviting us to walk in the Spirit, to take a moment to quiet our hearts, to listen to the, the still small voice of God direct us with our time, money, and energy. Jesus said a tree will be known by its fruit. We act out of what we think. Our thoughts, from our thoughts flow our identity. Who are we? And who are we demonstrating ourselves to be in our time and with our money and with our energy? So if God wants us to sow in the Spirit, to, to do good, what does that look like? Paul's already talked about walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, staying in step with the Spirit, living by the Spirit. I think they're all, these are all related. It, it, it involves not allowing our, ourselves that opportunity to give in to the flesh, to move towards those fleshly things that I listed, to fight the flesh, to say no to those desires that are natural. Those are natural desires. It's not it's not a, a, a sin to have the desires. A sin is to act on that desire, to, to invest in that desire, to sow to that desire. Let us not invest in that way. We need to make war with sin and not plant it in invasive spe species like poison ivy or crabgrass or creeping charlie. We'd rather we should sow to the Spirit. And we do that when we help those who are straying and help those who are struggling. Help uh, doing good to our spiritual leaders. But that's not all. Galatians is, expands this good to everyone in verse 9. Look at verse 9. 
Let's not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So the planting and sowing, he's, he's connecting with doing good. Be a do-gooder in the power and the direction of the Spirit. So what we have the opportunity to do is we can talk to God. We can just talk to him and just say, God, what do you want me to do with my, my time, my money, and my energy today or this week? And we may already be doing it, we may already be moving it, but there's, there can be a conscious awareness that I am going to follow the law, law the, the Lord, to walk in the Spirit. This is what we're made for. And it's, it's done in the Spirit by grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, uh, someone quoted this uh, the other day to me, and this actually captures the grace element, but also our purpose. You want to know what you're made for? Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's pretty cool. Can you keep that up there? When you find yourself doing good in the power of the Spirit, that's what you're made for. And actually, it was prepared before you even did it because God thought of it. And he created you for that moment. It's pretty amazing. What good work can you do this week? I think Jesus had this idea, um, an idea like this in, in the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, He's talking about our investments. And, and we, some of us have, you know, the, I was looking at some IRA things you can do and 401ks, we have these investments. We, we have resources. Maybe we have liquid assets, non-liquid assets. And we're putting money here and, and maybe, maybe you have cryptocurrency and, and wish it was higher, you know, um, or you invest in property, whatever you invest in. Jesus says we should invest in eternal things. In Matthew chapter 6, he talks about storing up treasure, investing in heaven. Listen to this. Don't lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How do we do that? I think when we're, we're walking in the Spirit, we're doing good things, we are sowing for this eternal reality, these eternal rewards. It's interesting, he talks about elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about the, the elders, there are these 12 elders, and, and they, these elders in the Revelations, I think it's 12, maybe it could be 24, uh, but they have crowns, and it's about getting jewels on crowns or getting crowns. And what do they do in Revelation with these crowns? Do you remember? They take the, what's that? Yeah, that's right, the foot of the throne. They take these crowns and they use them in worship and they throw them down at the feet of Jesus in worship in Revelation. It's pretty amazing. And so whatever you know, reward or fruit, some of it may be down the road. Eternal life, it may be a crown. We're, we're using it for worship. It's a musical instrument. It's, it's a, an act of, of praise to the Lord. 
Um, or it could be just the benefit of doing good and knowing you're following the Spirit. There's, there's immediate, some immediate benefit. But it, sometimes it's not quite evident, right? And we get tired and exhausted. This is hard work. Look at verse 9. I, I, a couple more, more things to, to highlight here. There's this phrase, weary. And uh, I think, Dan, you brought this up in worship. Like Maybe you're just ex- tired or distracted. Um, if we don't give up, there's this other phrase, if we don't give up. So I think the reality is there's a temptation for us. I'm just, I'm just tired. I think I'm going to give up. Don't give up. Don't, don't get weary. Persevere. The, the reward of sowing isn't instantaneous. And I was thinking of this, you know, as I was even as I was coming down here. So like you, you, you sow an apple seed. How long does it take to get this? How much work does it take to get this? We, we've got two apple trees, and I'll tell you, they don't look like this when they come out. I don't know how long it takes, and it's probably got some special chemicals or something to make it do that. But it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work. Don't get weary in doing good. Don't lose heart. Keep going. Persevere. Jesus you know, you, you may not get the, the good you think right away. Jesus died for doing good. Most of the apostles were killed for their faith. Jeremiah, the prophet in our Bible, was thrown into a well and, and was like starving for his faith. Isaiah, the tradition is Isaiah, the prophet who wrote that book in the Bible, Isaiah, was sawn in two for his faith. Joseph was stuck in prison for his faith. Daniel was thrown into a lion's head. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put in a fiery furnace for their faith. There are times when we may not see the benefit or reward for doing the right thing, but God's word is true, and he is faithful, and he will complete what he's finished. And, he's, and we are storing up treasures in heaven. We have an eternal reward when we walk in the spirit and we follow him and trust in him but we may get crucified for it in the meantime. That doesn't mean our efforts are wasted, so don't stop, even if it's costly. Take the, the long perspective, the long view, and wait for the fruit. The season may be watering and weeding and waiting, but keep going, even if it hurts. Let's take time to pray and ask God, how is he leading us? Let's listen to him. Let's follow him. Let's not grow weary. Let's not lose heart. Life has a purpose, and he's created us for a purpose, to follow him. God said this in his word, this light and momentary affliction, maybe in the midst of this thought of doing good, it's like, ah, I'm in that weary moment. This light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. It's that long view. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So hang in there. So to the Spirit by doing good to everyone. Let's do good to everyone. But everyone? Do we do good to even those who do us wrong? Our enemies? Yeah, we're supposed to do good to everyone. Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Now, what does it mean to do good? 
So we had these, these just gospel teachers that were not teaching the gospel. It was no gospel at all. And what does he want to do? How do we do good to, to them? Pray for them. Pray for those enemies. Pray that they would repent. Pray that they would change. Pray that they would trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. Think about what happened if God answered those kind of prayers. You, you think about your enemy. You think about the person that you're particularly, I don't really particularly like that person. Um, pray for them. What if God changed them? Paul, the apostle who wrote this, was breathing out murderous lies to other believers. And what happened? He's on the road to do that, to persecute more believers, and scales you know, fall from his eyes, and he's blinded, but scales fall from his eyes, and he begins, he hears the voice of Jesus, and he comes to trust in Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he goes through a process where he becomes the, the, the voice of one who's proclaiming this good news. Pray for our enemies. Do good to everyone. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe that's what God calls us to do. Is maybe, maybe this week, what it means to do good is I need to be praying for, you know, you name it, you fill in the blank. Um, maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a, a classmate, a, a, a family member. Do good to everyone with the Spirit's help. Listen to the Spirit. Who is the Spirit calling me to do good to? Paul wrote that our sowing should be accented toward what way? Towards believers, the household of faith. That's interesting. Why is that? It seems a little anti-evangelistic. Well, if you look at John 13, 34 and 35, it actually is evangelistic. When we love each other, the world will know we're Christians by our love. How many churches are blown apart right now by division? By lack of like caring for each other, really caring for each other. What happens when people start seeing the a radical care for each other? I think they'll know we're Christians by our love. John 13, 34. The church is made up of a diverse group of people. It's easy to like those who are like you. It's easy to hang out with our, our little cliques. But when we blow open those cliques and we're friendly to those who we don't know and we're we're kind and compassionate and loving and filled with the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, patience, kindness. What else? Gentleness, joy, self-control, goodness, which we're talking about. So when we do good, we're walking in the Spirit. The Spirit's coming out of us in various ways. When it's in the church, people are like, this is a different kind of community. This is a community I want to be a part of. How many of us want to be in a community that's filled with the flesh? Dissension and envy and jealousy and sexual immorality. I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of a it seems a gross community, a, a dysfunctional community. We don't want to be a part of, of that community. We want to be a part of a spirit-filled community that, that's loving like that. And Paul is saying, let's accent our doing good that way. I think then the world will know we're Christians by our love because they see God in us. This passage is application. It's speaking to do good to the, the teachers, which again, I'm so thankful you guys for your, your kindness and generosity. Um, God is doing some cool things in this church. But we're also doing good to everyone. 
That means people in the community. We're doing good to our neighbors and, and doing good to each other. He empowers us to say yes by His Spirit, to live out of a new identity where we walk in the Spirit and the Spirit comes out of us and we are fulfilling uh, what we're made for, our purpose in doing good to others. Again, this isn't about salva- earning salvation. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This is this, what sowing means. Now, if you're not a believer and you do good, it doesn't earn you salvation. There's multiple paths. There's one path. It's through Jesus. So the, the call for us is to trust in Jesus for forgiveness. Because if we, 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 we fail one part of the law, Paul says in Galatians, we fail all of it. We can't keep all the law. And Jesus knew this, and that's why he came. He died and lived the perfect life to die our sinner's death, to take away our sin. And that's what we remember at communion. He paid the price with his life. And, and no sin, if you think of the category of rebellion and you think of those days or that day or that moment where you did something that you would be totally ashamed of as all to know, and he sees it all, that thing isn't too big for him to carry to the cross and to pay for at the cross. It's not too gross. It's not too big. He's got it. He's got it covered. You just need to believe in him and trust in him. And when we practice communion... We practice, and uh, it's a tangible marker, a practice, a reminder of, to ourselves that he gave his body and he gave his blood for our sin. So I'm going to pray, and, the, and Dan's going to come up here. And when, he, when we, when we um, practice communion, it's open communion. So anyone who trusts in Christ as their Lord and Savior is welcome to join us and rely on this work and proclaim your faith openly. And then we'll hold those elements together at our seat. I'll come back up here and share with us from Scripture a little bit more about what they mean. But we can remember that he gave his body for us and he gave his blood for us and and consider that and think about that as we sing about that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving your life for us. Thank you for giving us your spirit to live inside us and to be among us right now. Thank you for the opportunity to do good. Lord, what do you want to, us to do this week? How do you want us to pray this week? Where do you want us to spend our money this week and time this week and energy this week? We want to use our time and money and energy for you because you've done so much for us. You saved us. You redeemed us. You forgave us. You've blessed us. You've adopted us. Lord, thank you for your kindness and mercy, and I pray by the power of your Spirit that you'd speak to us now as we reflect and prepare for communion. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like more information about Sawyer Highlands Church and Converge Community Church and the service times for both campuses, please visit our website at www.sawyerhighlands.org. Until next time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.